welcome to today's podcast on the business retail markets. I'm Anna Moss and I'm here today with my colleagues Tom Goswell and Molly Lund. Good morning. My name is Tom Goswell. Um, I work in our retail team um, on the business side and I look after our market share report. Hello, I'm Molly and I'm also in the retail team. <clears throat> look more in the non-domestic suppliers and BPIs. So today we're going to be talking through some of the trends that we've seen in the business markets. And it's an area that we've been reporting on for the last 15 years or so. And really, we've been recording lots of changes here across social change. And we've seen bills increasing and policy costs becoming a much bigger feature of the business market through build as well. And more recently, then, we've also been seeing changes in competition through pricing an increasing focus on technology and then also a rising focus on regulation much more recently as well. So, Tom, how would you say we've got to where we are at the moment? Yes, as you said, Anna, we've been reporting on this market for around 15 years. Um, but actually, the market opened up to competition before that, uh, back in the 1990s, um, opening up in stages um, before the domestic market um, and progressively um, from larger users through to smaller users. Quite a mature market. There's a lot of very well established uh, suppliers in there, a lot of competition um, that has moved business away from the six large suppliers that um, were incumbent in the electricity and gas markets and to some of those other suppliers that have come in to the market. So you've mentioned there are lots of different competitors coming in. Molly, do we know how many suppliers there are in the business market at the moment? Yes, so there's around 75 electricity suppliers and 75 gas suppliers. Obviously, there's some crossover between these uh, because the majority of suppliers uh, supply both uh, both fuels. Uh, you've also got water suppliers and telecom companies that offer energy services as well as their main prep- propositions of um, yeah, water or, or telecoms. Mm-hmm. So I suppose whilst we track information across business and domestic retail markets, what would you say are the key characteristics of the business market? Yeah, um, so... One of the main things about the business market is that it's actually a very big marketplace for suppliers and really underlines why it's quite important for a lot of suppliers. Um, so in terms of volumes, uh, for example, there's around 180 terawatt hours of electricity used by businesses each year. That's almost twice as big as the uh, electricity market for domestic customers. Um, in terms of gas, it's roughly similar, a little bit smaller in non-domestic Um but there's far fewer users here. So um, just as an example, there's less than a million non-domestic gas meters, um, but over 23 million gas meters in the domestic market. So well, there's far fewer consumers. They're much bigger in the, in the non-domestic market. And um, that is another one of the key features, really, is, is the diversity um, across the business market. So um, there's, while there's fewer customers, um, there's a very wide range um, across the piece of, of different types of businesses. So how would you then go about segmenting the business market if there's such a diverse range of consumers? Yeah, there's a number of ways of segmenting the market. And it's probably worth noting that actually suppliers themselves um, and other bodies will segment the markets in different ways. Um, but how we tend to segment it is by um, the SME market or SME market, um, which is small and medium enterprises. Um and the industrial, commercial, or INC uh, market. Um, so there's the SME market, um, much smaller consumers. Also includes micro businesses as well, 
um, which are a very important subset of, of consumers. Um, so just to note, these are typically uh, businesses that spend £10,000 or less um, on electricity or gas. Um, so there's there's some more detailed definitions that come out of Ofgem and, and the Competition and Markets Authority. Um, but that's a kind of increasing area of focus for, for the regulator at the moment. Um, in the INC market, you tend to have, a again, even within that, a, a really wide range of consumers. Um, but anything from your really uh, larger kind of factories or, or large kind of commercial retail tra- uh, chains, for example. So I suppose then if we've got these really different kinds of segments, does that affect the different propositions that we see coming into the market? Yeah, so there are different propositions in the INC and SME markets. Um, for INC customer uh, businesses, they tend to be more knowledgeable about the energy industry uh, simply because they consume uh, more energy and need to be more aware of the price changes. Um, so, And this comes through uh, in the propositions they are offered. So the energy contract would segment out uh, different elements of the, um, the cost chain and they're more flexible around wholesale price changes. Um, for SME propositions, they're more similar to the household um, propositions uh, with the unit rate and standing charge. Um, and then this is something... Uh, we track in our SME pricing in the electricity and gas markets reports. And those reports, are they looking um, mostly at price book information from intermediaries? Uh, yes, so we do. We track prices uh, through DPI price books and um, online prices as well, which the CMA uh, requires suppliers to publish on their websites since June 2017. So what kind of trends have we seen recently in those um, SME pricing reports? Yeah, so between the periods of uh, January 2018 and September 2018, uh, we've seen wholesale prices rise by over 40% for gas and electricity. Um, and that's meant that the delivered prices offered by suppliers um, have increased on average by 20% for electricity and 27% for gas for uh, SME customers looking to renew their annual contract. So some quite big changes then coming through in the SME pricing side. Would you say that there's been any kind of response from consumers as a result of that? Um, so the, the price uh, peaked uh, in October time, and this is when lots of SME customers uh, look to renew their um, their current contracts. Um, but because of the, the high prices, um, they, they got multiple quotes, um, either from suppliers and DPIs. And this has meant, you know, created more work for them. Um, they also delayed uh, their renewals. Um, and it's been hard for DPIs because they've frequently had to readjust their price books to keep up with the price changes. So if they, uh, a SME customer had, had found a quote that they liked, uh, they were finding that um, the prices could have changed before they actually committed to it. Mm. Yeah, so some, some quite significant changes for both suppliers and TPIs across the board and, and difficulties coming into the end of last year. And so, so where are prices at the moment then? Are they still quite high? Um, so since October, wholesale prices have been um, coming down and this has been reflected in our in our latest smooth pricing report that we've just um, published. We've seen a small decrease in delivered prices, so um, between 2.3 and 2.6% for electricity and 67 and 7.6% for gas. So um, a slight decrease from the previous quarter. Sure. Um, 
So we've seen that there are different kinds of propositions being offered into the business markets. Would you say, Tom, that there's also a different approach to engaging consumers? Yes, indeed, there is. Um, And we've already touched on TPIs um, a bit, which are a really important type of player uh, in the market. But we should probably define exactly what a TPI is. So a TPI or or a third-party intermediary, uh, which is a really big feature of the market, um, is effectively a, a company or um, a representative that acts on behalf of the energy customer um, and finds contracts from suppliers, essentially makes a recommendation um, for the customer to act and take a certain contract um, for their energy supply from a supplier. Um, now, TPIs are a really important way that uh, suppliers engage customers in the markets. As we've kind of discussed, it's uh, a complex marketplace. In some cases, Consumers will be very um, knowledgeable about the market. Um, in others, uh, particularly your smaller customers, are likely to have uh, less detailed knowledge of, of the market. It's not their main business um, to be involved in energy and um, yeah, kind of need guiding through. Um, but I think we'll come on to talk more about how uh, TPIs uh, interact with suppliers and, and consumers a bit later on. Um, there's a few other things that suppliers do directly um, to um, engage with customers in the market. And a few key differences from the domestic market as well that we can pull out um, to discuss. Um, so one of the key things in the business market is that you don't actually have to offer a contract um, to a customer as a supplier. Um, now, in the domestic market, if, if a customer asks you to offer them terms, um, you are obligated to offer them, um, at least offer them a price um, that is reasonable. In the business market, it's a bit different. Um, so... There are a number of things suppliers can do to essentially manage their credit risk. Um, So this might include uh, not taking on customers from certain sectors. Um, There might be other credit policies, so offering contracts, but contingent on um, credit checks or a security deposit being paid. Um, Now, this isn't such an issue for larger customers, for example, that might have a better um, credit rating. Um, But we particularly find that sort of proposition in uh, the smaller end of the market. So I suppose then if we've got different approaches to engaging customers, different levels of risk around credits, has that resulted in any niche offerings coming through? Yes. So we've seen a few suppliers offering prepayment tariffs for businesses, which um, offer the businesses prepayment meters, which allow them to pay in advance for their energy. Um, one supplier recently has has done this sort of proposition and they've said there'll be no credit checks, no security deposits needed, and it will be guaranteed acceptance. So it's good for suppliers because it reduces risk. And then for businesses, it's good because uh, certain sectors where it's hard to get accepted, um, they're, they're guaranteed to be. So I suppose then I, I guess that's seeing something coming through from the household space into the business markets. Um, is, is there any other kind of innovations happening in the business sector? So suppliers are building capabilities in the electric vehicle space um, through partnerships. And some have acquired companies um, that already operate in that space. So the partnerships and acquisitions um, will allow suppliers to offer an end-to-end solution for customers. So partners will, will provide the EV charge points and uh, the vehicle and fleet leasing and suppliers will, will bring um, sort of the installation and maintenance of the charge points and the supply of electricity for them. So it's the bigger European utilities doing this 
um, and they tend to be trialing in Europe first and then and then bringing them out to other locations. Mm. So I suppose we've kind of touched on one of the big topics and features of the business market then that we're seeing a lot more technology coming into this space. And Tom, would you say there's any other kind of technology or renewable developments that we're picking up in the business side? Yeah, certainly. So uh, you mentioned renewables, and that's something that's becoming increasingly important, certainly for specific sets of of customers. So uh, the public sector being a good example, and some of the larger corporate, uh, especially public facing companies uh, are finding renewable supply ever more important um, for corporate social responsibility um, or for their general image as a company. Um, So there are a number of ways that this is coming through, um, either through direct supply, and it's probably worth noting that a lot of the suppliers are part of companies that also own renewable generation assets. So in some ways that works well for the supplier as well as a route to market for its uh, power that it generates, Um, but also through things like corporate PPAs um, or power purchase agreements, which are now becoming an increasing uh, feature of the market, although still very small. I think it's worth noting that we did our previous podcast on uh, corporate PPAs entirely, so worth giving that a listen for more detail uh, on that subject. But it's essentially an agreement between a generator and a corporate customer directly. Um, Although with the way that the market is set up, you need to have a supplier involved um, just to um, be the offtake of those volumes and to supply um, the customer and to manage any Uh, kind of shape um, surrounding that. There's a few other technological innovations that have come through uh, recently as well. So uh, we talked about EVs and that's obviously um, a really big opportunity for suppliers, especially with the increased uh, electricity demand that that will bring um, from from customers. Um, But there's also uh, things that have come through to help customers manage their demands a bit better. Um, So batteries is a good example. Um, where you're essentially helping customers to store power to be used at a later time. So that can help uh, with a number of things. So managing price, uh, for example, as it changes throughout the day um, or just reducing your your uh, grid consumption, for example, at uh, during triad periods um, where you face your transmission network charges. Equally, you're, you're seeing other kind of flexible um, propositions come through to help customers manage that that kind of price that, that they face, particularly for larger customers with big demand assets um, that can be shifted to respond to price signals. So I suppose we've touched on the, the kind of flexibility, battery storage. I suppose we could link that back into electric vehicle fleets as well, providing that sort of storage service. So there seems to be lots of technological innovations coming through and, and will still be coming through over the next few years in the business market. And so I suppose we've kind of said so far that the market's really competitive. We've got lots of suppliers offering lots of different propositions here. Um, but I know on the business, sorry, on the domestic side, we've picked up a lot more um, supplier exits, especially over the last year or so. But we're often asked, why hasn't there been so much exit in the business market? Yeah, so there's there's a couple of things at, at play here. And as, as you mentioned, there's been a lot of exit on the domestic side. Um, it's probably worth noting that there have been a few exits from the business supply market, um, but nowhere near the scale that we've seen in domestic. So on the smaller side of the market, um, perhaps affecting the SME market more, 
you've got fewer obligations as a business buyer. So there's less uh, protections in place for consumers. You're not required to pay for schemes such as the energy company obligation and the warm home discount uh, that you are in the domestic market when you're of a certain size. We've mentioned how you can control your credit risk a bit better as a supplier in the business market as well. So that really helps protect um, suppliers from customers that essentially wouldn't be able to pay them as well. In the larger end of things, in the INC market, for example, there's a few things again here that, that mean it's very different to the domestic market. So one of those would be that there's actually far fewer suppliers that of any kind of great size in the INC market. So um, it's kind of harder to build a business here. It's much more complex. You need much more um, knowledge within your supply business. And as a result of that, you kind of see the larger European companies um, or producer suppliers uh, tend to be involved in the INC supply market. Um, so, and those companies with their kind of bigger backing um, are probably less likely, you'd say, to, to uh, exit the market, despite margins perhaps being a little bit smaller um, in the INC market. And I suppose something that you you touched on a bit earlier on was that you mentioned that the business market was described as being more mature, perhaps, than the domestic market. What exactly do you mean by that? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, we've, we've talked about how the business market has been around for a lot longer. Customers are perhaps more engaged or certainly bigger customers are more knowledgeable um, about the market. Um, and we're actually at a point now where consumers for, for a while have been trying to decrease their energy use. Um, and for suppliers... Although it's perhaps a bit strange to think about a commodity provider essentially trying to help you reduce your usage of that commodity that they're supplying, um, it's almost become essential for suppliers to try and help their customers reduce um, their usage because that is the way that the market is going anyway. Um, so we've seen a number of services uh, spring up and uh, suppliers essentially evolving their strategies um, to become more of a partner to their customers. Um, so we've talked about some of the technological innovations that, that are going on to help reduce consumption, for example. And that's, like I said, become a key kind of part of supply strategies. And I suppose now we're also talking a bit more about energy efficiency for smaller business users. Indeed. Uh, so we've uh, seen a consultation from Bayes recently looking at uh, options for energy efficiency schemes for, for small businesses. Um, so we touched on uh, earlier on that in the domestic market, you have the energy company obligation uh, where suppliers are required to install uh, energy efficiency measures into domestic properties. Um, we could see something relatively similar come through um, as, as one of those options laid out by Bayes uh, in the kind of small business market. Um, but it remains to be seen exactly how that's going to come through. But certainly there's more activity and around this space uh, for smaller consumers. Okay, so something I guess we're tracking going forwards on, on that side. And we've, we've touched on intermediaries a little bit, um, and I know they play an important role in, in supply in both household and the business markets. Um, Molly, what, what would you say the important role intermediaries have played in the business side? So they've driven competition in the market. Um, they've done this by um, allowing customers to engage and quite easily get a better deal on their energy prices. They've simplified a quite confusing market for them. And um, they're also important for new suppliers uh, to access customers. And we've seen new suppliers enter with, with that come from a, a TPI background. Mm -hmm. And I suppose then 
do TPIs interact in a similar way as suppliers? So do they target specific market segments still? Yes, indeed. So um, it's worth noting that the, the TPI market in itself is a very big um, marketplace that, that we also do a bit of reporting on. So uh, we think there's up to as many as 4,000 uh, TPIs in the market. It's worth noting that some of those will be extremely small um, and we track around 250 or so um, regularly through our, through our own reporting of the kind of more sizable uh, TPIs. So some of these will be more active in the uh, SME space. Um, some will focus more on industrial and commercial customers. Um, we should probably also note here that there's a, almost a separate subset um, for the public sector known as public buying organisations. Um, so these essentially set up framework agreements with suppliers um, to allow public sector customers to access uh, better deals. So in terms of how uh, active TPIs are in all of those segments, um, from our reporting in the INC market, TPIs are certainly uh, much more uh, involved. So between 70 and 80% of the INC market, depending on which uh, particular segment you look at, so 70 to 80% of contracts are, are basically brokers um, by, by TPIs. Um, in the SME market, it's a bit smaller, so roughly a third of all contracts. But there's uh, this is a growing kind of proportion. And um, as, as Molly alluded to there, they've become really important in increasing uh, small business engagement with the energy market in, in what is otherwise a very complex space. Yeah, so I suppose we've seen um, TPI engagement increasing both across the INC side and the SME side. Um, Molly, what would you say are the key developments in the business TPI market? Have we seen any crossover into energy services like suppliers have gone into? Yes, um, TPIs. We have been seeing TPIs provide services that suppliers are already doing. So an increasing number of TPIs are providing flexibility services like demand-side response, and even a handful are moving into the EV space um, with, with charge points. Some TPIs don't have the right skills or expertise to, um, to deliver these services, but, but they get around that by um, gaining these skills through acquisitions and partnerships. So, yeah, when it, when it comes to um, providing these additional energy services for businesses, there is a lot of uh, competition in that space. We've also seen um, consolidation in the TPI market. Um, that is uh, to do with TPIs wanting to diversify their offers, um, move into uh, different regions and increase the sectors that they procure to. We've also seen large TPIs merge um, and this will give them a greater level of market influence as, as they'll be um, they're sort of covering portfolios of customers that at least match the same size of, of small and medium suppliers, sort of allowing uh, greater influence for these TPIs. So I suppose with that greater level of influence then and the increasing merge of the relationship between the TPI and the consumer and the supplier and the consumer, how does regulation cross into this market? Yeah, so um, I guess in, in, in short, Anna, the, the, the answer is it, direct regulation doesn't come into this market at all, um, at least at this stage. Um, so there has been um, a lot of development around codes of practice, as they're known, um, and, and there are a few that, that do exist uh, in the market. A lot of the, the talk around um, these codes has been around more transparency. It's quite an opaque market and course we've, we've talked about the benefits of, of TPIs to consumers 
Um, but this does come um, at a cost for the customer. Um, you know, the TPI needs to make its money um, and earn a commission. Um, and that's that's often the thing that's talked about, um, both on the TPI side, supplier side, and the customer side. Uh, it should be said um, that there isn't really that transparency around how much TPIs are charging for their services. So there are, like I said, a few codes of practice that have been developed. There's a few that are continuing uh, to be developed uh, by various um, suppliers, uh, TPIs themselves, and other industry bodies. Um, but it's also something that, that Ofgem is looking at it, the energy regulator. Um, so it recently launched its micro-business review. Um, this is going to look at um, how the business market is working specifically for those micro-businesses, um, both on, in terms of suppliers, um, their own practices, and also uh, energy brokers as well, TPIs. Um, and that will uh, potentially throw up some you know, interesting thoughts from the regulator about how it can proceed with um, regulating important, but as we say, quite complex part of the market um, for smaller customers. So I suppose then with this increasing focus on the micro business regulation side and code of practices, um, and also with newer suppliers starting to use their party intermediaries a bit more, would you say then that the relationship between the TPI and the supplier is increasingly becoming important? Um, yeah, exactly. And, and this is something we track through our annual TPI opinion survey. And um, we do this by asking TPIs to fill in a survey with their views on services they receive from energy suppliers. And then we carry out a few follow-up interviews to get more in-depth responses and analyse this data and present it. And we're currently working on our, our latest report at the minute. And what are you finding out in that report? Yeah, so as, as, as Molly said, we've gone out to the market and spoken to 30 or 40 uh, TPIs as part of our survey. Um, and there's a few interesting trends that have come up. Um, so we'll pick out just a couple here, but um, one of them that's certainly come out is a bit of a squeeze, uh, if you like, on customer service, both um, directly to the customer and through the uh, TPI as well. Um, so I think there's a recognition across the market that it's a difficult time to be a supplier. There's a number of um, costs that are associated with it and, and profit margins are, are quite small at the moment, but it has led to a, a kind of reduction in, in customer service, it's taking longer for TPIs to get answers to their customer queries, for example. Another consistent theme that, that comes through from the survey is interest in a code of practice, particularly the TPIs, kind of quite a long time now, asking for more transparency um, in the market, essentially allowing them to build a bit more trust um, with consumers as well. And then there's also a lot of uh, bespoke uh, things or specific things that we find out um, about suppliers that we write up into uh, bespoke reports. Obviously, we won't kind of go into that on this podcast, but uh, yeah, a lot of uh, interesting things that, that come up around um, specific suppliers. It sounds like from what you've been saying, we're looking at the business market being a much more mature market, one where it's managing and reducing consumption, responding to price signals a bit more. And I suppose we've also then seen a more development in technology, so suppliers partnering and acquiring other companies to, to roll out more technology, and the same on the TPI side as well, and some differences in how they're bringing that technology to markets, and then some changes in the role of regulation and code of practices across the business market too. So these kind of updates are things that we pick out in our regular research, and so if you would like to find out any more about the business markets or the TPI opinion survey, 
um, please get in touch with either myself or Tom or Molly. But that's all we, we're going to talk about today. If you do you have any questions? Then please get in touch. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.